Organizations today are struggling to respond and adapt effectively due to the VUCA-like conditions of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Part of the reason organizations are struggling is that they are using a change methodology that is outdated, ineffective for the times in which we live. To compete effectively today, to adequately and rapidly respond to ever-changing conditions, it requires a change approach that leverages complexity while embracing uncertainty. It requires an approach that can temper the effects of volatility while acknowledging the perpetual ambiguity that afflicts us all. Hence, in today's episode, we discuss a new approach to bringing about transformative change. This new approach we call hybrid OD, which reflects an integration of diagnostic, dialogic, and experiential methods, tools, and techniques. Hybrid OD is a modern, rapid, inquiry-based, foresight-driven strategic learning model that is suited for the times. That is, it's a method that can effectively work with and leverage VUCA-like conditions to bring about transformative change. So if you're ready, let's begin. Welcome to another episode of All Things OD, where I'm here to help you offer more, be more, and live more, whether you're serving as an OD practitioner, change management professional, or business transformation consultant. I'm your host, Randall Scott, and it's great to be with you here today. As mentioned in today's episode, we're going to discuss what is hybrid OD, how we define it. We're also going to discuss how hybrid OD manifests, that is, the various forms it takes. And we'll discuss why hybrid OD is so effective at solving our most intractable challenges. Now, before we begin, I want to offer you a free resource that complements and extends our discussion today, and that is a free copy of our ebook on hybrid OD, The Emerging Future of Organization Development. If you've been curious about the integrative power of leveraging both diagnostic and dialogic forms of OD in your work, then this ebook is for you. You can obtain the free ebook at henosispartners.com slash hybridod, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the link in the description below. We begin by defining what is hybrid OD. Simply stated, hybrid OD is a modern, rapid, inquiry-based, foresight-driven strategic learning model. Let's understand each component of this definition. We start with modern. Hybrid OD reflects a modern understanding of the role and amplifying potential of integrating diagnostic OD, dialogic OD, and experiential learning together into a powerful, accretive, problem-solving methodology. Rapid reflects the experiential sequence of hybrid OD and is reflective of the iterative method, the agile scrum method, whereby self-organized innovation teams deliver value every two to four weeks via pre-planned sprints. 
inquiry-based speaks to the core of the hybrid OD model, whereby we leverage dialogic or inquiry-based tools and techniques to expose mental models, cognitive biases, and limiting beliefs to bring about transformative change. Foresight-driven speaks to strategic foresight as a differentiating social technology of the hybrid OD model, whereby we intentionally seek out and engage with the emerging future to transform the present. Now, strategic foresight may not be a developed skill of yours, and so let's dive deeper into what this means. When we speak of strategic foresight, what we're talking about is engaging the edges, the fringes, the periphery of things, engaging the marginalized in a system. And we engage the edges at three different scales. We engage at system edge, which represents your organization. We engage at transactional edge, which represents the industry in which your organization operates. And we engage at contextual edge, which represents the ecosystem within which your industry exists and even beyond. Now, foresight opportunities manifest, that is, they show up within each sequence of the hybrid OD model. For example, in the diagnostic sequence, we engage the edges of the organization and the external transactional environment, depending on the nature of the problem to solve or scope of system to engage with. And we do this by conducting stakeholder and dialogue interviews, distributing narrative surveys, conducting focus groups, assessments, and performing data and document harvesting. The emphasis is on maximizing diversity on highlighting and exposing difference in terms of one seeing, thinking, acting, and feeling. In the dialogic sequence, we engage the edges by designing dialogic, inquiry-based, participative events for diverse others to share, to listen, to learn, and to engage in learning journey sojourns into the field. For example, this involves perhaps taking field trips or site visits into the ecosystem and beyond of where the organization operates. And we do this to learn from the people at the edges, the front line. This could also manifest by assembling a panel of experts where we commission external resources, aka remarkable people, to form a panel to engage in a two-way divergent debate or discussion, the outcomes of which broaden the horizons for all involved. In the experiential sequence, we engage the edges through exploratory lab work, by conducting novel experiments. That is, we engage the edges by experimenting our way into the future. The last component that makes up our definition of hybrid OD is that it is a strategic learning model. And what this means is the intent or essence of hybrid OD is less about producing certain results or outcomes than it is about raw learning, learning about how best to solve a problem or exploit an emerging opportunity. Specifically, we are wanting to learn the following. We're wanting to understand cause and effect, the causal relationships, interdependencies, and interconnections that exist among the parts within a system. We're wanting to understand how best to intervene in a system, understand where its high leverage points lie. We're wanting to learn how to leverage complexity to create the conditions for adaptive leadership and transformational change to emerge. We're wanting to learn generally where our knowledge edges are or lie. We're wanting to learn about diversity and how best to leverage difference. And lastly, we're wanting to learn how best to approach solving complex adaptive challenges. As a strategic learning model, when leveraging hybrid OD, we progress from planning to learn, 
which is what occurs in the diagnostic sequence, to inquiring to learn, which is what occurs in the dialogic sequence, to discovering to learn, which is what occurs within the experiential sequence. Together, all three sequences, diagnostic, dialogic, and experiential, make up the hybrid OD model. Now, as a composite methodology, hybrid OD is an amalgamation of several complementary methods, frameworks, theories, and philosophies. The methods, frameworks, theories, and philosophies include the following. Diagnostic OD. Dialogic OD. Experiential learning. Bohmian dialogue. The Agile Scrum Framework, the Plan-Do-Check-Act Model, Social Constructionism, Participatory Narrative Inquiry, Complexity Leadership Theory, Systems Leadership Theory, the Action Learning Theory Model, the Kenevan Framework, Transformative Learning Theory, Strategic Foresight, Reflective Journaling and Mindfulness, the Toyota Kata Model of Experimentation. And lastly, large group participatory methods like Open Space, The World Cafe, Theory U, and The Circle Method. All right, so having defined what hybrid OD is, we discuss next why is hybrid OD needed? And there are several reasons why hybrid OD is emerging as a relevant alternative to working with diagnostic OD or dialogic OD in isolation. The first reason is that we are operating in tuna-like conditions today, and such conditions demand a method and set of tools that are suited for the times. Diagnostic OD on its own has sadly outlived its usefulness. Organizations are simply too complex for any one person or expert to understand the significant and often hidden cause and effect linkages to be effective with introducing diagnostic-driven interventions alone. Organizations need a better way to approach systemic-level change that is more inquiry or conversation-based, experiential-based, emergence-oriented, foresight-driven, and holistic or inclusive of all the parts. Another reason we need hybrid OD is to address the cons that are inherent with leveraging either method alone in isolation. There is a need for diagnostic work to expose difference, and there is a need for dialogic work to leverage difference. Both methods are necessary to create a shared understanding, shared intention, and aligned actions amongst diverse others when solving for a complex adaptive challenge. A third reason is that dialogic OD extends and amplifies the impact and relevance of diagnostic OD work. This phenomenon was highlighted in a 2022 paper by Hastings and Schwartz called Leading Change Processes for Success, where they detail how diagnostic work followed by dialogic work resulted in greater overall success than performing either diagnostic work or dialogic work alone. Another reason is that there's an ever-increasing number of interconnections that exist between nations, organizations, teams, and individuals. And with greater connections comes greater complexity and turbulence, two conditions that hybrid OD is uniquely suited to address. And finally, there's a growing awareness that the inner and outer dimensions are connected. Hence, it is not enough to approach problem-solving in a purely rational, objective manner. To be effective, it also requires addressing the inner dimension, 
performing inner work to affect outer. All right, now that we've established the case of why we need hybrid OD, let's discuss how hybrid OD manifests, that is, the different forms that it takes. Hybrid OD manifests not only in what we see and how we think, act, and feel about our work, but also in how we approach our work, that is, the method we employ that integrates diagnostic, dialogic, and experiential tools and techniques into a unified system of change. Specifically, hybrid OD manifests in the following three ways. It manifests first as a method to solve complex adaptive challenges. It manifests as an end-to-end -end innovation sequence. And it manifests as an improvement framework, the Perl framework. So let's dive deep into each one of these three ways that the hybrid OD methodology manifests itself. So one way hybrid OD manifests is as a method to help solve complex adaptive challenges, problems, issues, or opportunities. Now, to ensure clarity, let's first define what is a complex adaptive challenge. A complex adaptive challenge can be characterized in the following ways. First off, with complex adaptive challenges, it can be difficult for people to agree on what specifically the problem or issue is or how best to solve it. That is, there's no obvious solution that exists. Further, applying existing process, procedures, and know-how does not provide the solution needed. In other words, the past does not adequately inform the present, and lesser still, the future. As such, solutions emerge not from certain expertise that one possesses or a title one holds, but rather from a process of highly diverse actors agreeing to come together, to learn, to adapt, and work with one another to achieve a common goal. And when solving for complex adaptive challenges, it requires both altering mental models, that is, the assumptions, values, and beliefs that one holds, and transforming relationships of those involved in the change effort. Complex adaptive challenges are also the types of challenges where resistance is more common from those invested in the status quo, in perpetuating their current position. Also, when solving for a complex adaptive challenge, it's the stakeholders who experience or are living with the problem or issue that are the ones that are best equipped to solve the problem or issue. And this is reflected in the hidden truth that you cannot solve what you don't understand. Often, to solve a problem, it requires re-perceiving one's self as also contributing to the problem. We refer to this as an out-there versus in-here-also issue. Another characteristic of complex adaptive challenges is that it requires changes in numerous places, usually across organizational boundaries. That is, a system of change is required. When solving for complex adaptive challenges, there is no such thing as a silver bullet. With complex adaptive challenges, it requires experimentation and new discoveries, as well as wrong turns and dead ends. But in doing this, it creates new problems that will have to be adapted to due to the fact that we can only see 20 feet ahead of ourselves at any given moment. Now, inherent in adaptive work in solving for complex adaptive challenges is the need to be comfortable with not knowing what the next move might be. We need to be comfortable with ambiguity. 
and leadership must allow extra time for adaptive solutions to play out, to demonstrate an effect across the corporate space and time. And finally, team members must be entrusted with solving the problem through self-initiated, self-organized, and self-managed change efforts. So if this describes what complex adaptive challenges are, let's take a look at a number of examples. So within the business domain, some examples of complex adaptive challenges are the following. How can we raise public awareness of the dangers and effects of drunk driving? How can we increase collaboration among care providers? How can we get patients to take more responsibility for taking their medications? How can we resolve our most intractable issues? How can we resolve cross-functional performance issues? How can we best integrate and align a recent merger? How can we address significant regulatory changes? Or how can we implement a new operating model? So all of these examples reflect different forms or types of complex adaptive challenges to solve for within the business domain. But complex adaptive challenges aren't limited to just business, as they exist within our personal life as well. So some examples of complex adaptive challenges in our personal lives include the following. How do we change our lifestyle to eat healthy, get more exercise, and lower stress? How do we adapt to life post-surgical an event? How do we transition from high school to college and then college into the workforce? How do we respond to changes in the workforce? How do we adjust to the death of a loved one? How do we adjust to getting married and moving in together? How do we respond to a layoff from work? Or how do we manage our mental health issues? So as you can see, our personal lives can be characterized by solving for complex adaptive challenges as within the business domain. Now to make the distinction more explicit between complex adaptive challenges and other equally pervasive organizational challenges, we consider and define what are technical challenges. So what is a technical challenge? Well, a technical challenge can be characterized in the following ways. The problem or challenge itself is clearly defined and can be fixed with a predetermined response, that is, a process, procedure, action steps exist. It reflects something that we have likely already solved before. With technical challenges, people are also generally more receptive to the solutions versus solutions that require an adaptive or behavioral type of change. And technical challenges can often be solved by a resident expert applying their unique know-how and life experiences. And in contrast to complex adaptive challenges, technical challenges usually only require change in one or a few places, and usually within organizational boundaries. And lastly, the solutions for technical challenges can often be implemented quickly by changing rules, controls, processes, altering constraints, and changing procedures. So what are some examples of technical challenges? Well, in the business domain, this could include the following. Increasing the penalty for drunk driving. How to reduce software errors and bugs in a computer system. How to solve for a broken arm. Building a car, truck, or airplane. What to do when the production is halted because a machine is down. Creating a new customer satisfaction survey training staff in using new software or hardware, 
and providing laptops and instructions to all new hires. As this list indicates, all of these types of challenges are clearly defined and can be fixed with a predetermined response. Not only does a process, procedure, or action steps exist to solve these particular challenges, we have likely already solved these types of challenges many times before. In the personal domain, some examples of technical challenges include the following. Taking medication to lower your blood pressure. How to resolve the internet going out in your home. How to combat the common cold. How to solve for leaky pipes in the kitchen. How to remove rodents from your attic. How to assemble a bike. How to clear snow from your driveway. Or how to prepare for a dinner party. As with the business examples, these personal examples are also clearly defined challenges and can be fixed with a predetermined response. They're the types of challenges that we have likely already solved many times before. Now, all organizations encounter both complex adaptive challenges and technical challenges. Such challenges manifest daily, and it often requires the OD practitioner to address solving both types of challenges simultaneously. The distinction between the two types of challenges is how we approach solving them. A second way hybrid OD manifests is in the form of an end-to-end -end innovation sequence that spans diagnostic, dialogic, and experiential OD methods, tools, and techniques. As an innovation sequence, there is less overt emphasis on hybrid OD serving as a rigid methodology than more prescribing predefined ways or sequences of working. At a macro level, the end-to-end -end innovation sequence reflects the following four movements. First, we look to create a shared understanding of the challenge, problem, or issue. Complex adaptive challenges often exist because there is not a shared understanding of the challenge, problem, or issue, and so this is our starting point. And with a shared understanding, we can create a shared intention of what to do. We can establish a common goal to get all system actors rowing in the same direction. And with a shared intention comes aligned actions. As system actors begin to prototype the new together, they begin to experiment their way forward. And the fourth movement of an end-to-end -end innovation sequence is that we're trying to transform relations all along the way, often unbeknownst to those that are participating and helping solve the complex adaptive challenge. In fact, transforming relations is often the most enduring aspect of an end-to-end -end innovation sequence. Now, operationally, such macro movements manifest as three meso-level sequences. The three sequences or movements that define the hybrid OD model are the diagnostic sequence, the dialogic sequence, and the experiential sequence. We begin by first understanding more about the diagnostic sequence. So in this sequence, the work is to observe, observe, observe while performing diagnostic OD tasks. Tasks such as conducting dialogue and stakeholder interviews, conducting narrative surveys, organizing and conducting focus groups or initiating an action research study, performing assessments and conducting diagnosis associated with those assessments, perhaps initiating a benchmarking study and performing data and document harvesting and review. 
In the diagnostic sequence, the emphasis is less about conducting diagnosis to determine what is wrong in a system and then identifying interventions to fix it, than it is in surfacing and highlighting difference. Specifically, different narratives, stories, and mental models that comprise the system. Such difference serves as the raw material to raise awareness and make transparent the different perspectives and point of views that exist among system actors. Such content is a starting point to engage in system-wide dialogue and meaning-making with diverse others. It creates a platform for dialogic exploration and action. It is important to remember and acknowledge that when performing diagnostic OD work, and despite one's expert status, each of us suffers from any number of hidden cognitive biases that all but eliminate the possibility of viewing anything with objective eyes. Our lived histories and frames of reference deny us from ever being truly objective. Consequently, the reason we focus more on harvesting current state stories, narratives, and mental models when conducting diagnostic OD work is such content will serve us more later than trying to assemble an impossibly objective understanding of the system to inform identifying potential interventions to transform the system. The second sequence in the hybrid OD model is the dialogic sequence. And the dialogic sequence is arguably the most important sequence within the hybrid OD model, as the work is to transform what people see and how they think, act, and feel about an issue, challenge, or an opportunity. And with dialogic or inquiry-based work, change results from both changing the chairs and changing the conversation. Assembling a diverse group of actors reflective of multiple different points of view is critical to dialogic discussion. Diversity is the solution, not the problem. The essence of the dialogic sequence is to design a sequence of interlocking strategic conversations to get actors to expose, challenge, and potentially change their guiding assumptions, limiting beliefs, and multiple cognitive biases. Now, the approach we take in the dialogic sequence is to design a large group dialogic-based event or a series of cascading events leveraging one or more dialogic methods, such as the open space method, world cafe, the circle method, and appreciative inquiry. And we do this to activate dialogue around predefined strategic conversation topics or lines of inquiry. The dialogic sequence serves as a catalyst in achieving the macro goals that we discussed earlier of establishing shared understanding of what the issues are, of shared intentions on how best to solve the issues, on aligning actions such that all system actors are rowing in the same direction, and in transforming relations, which, as I mentioned, is the most enduring part of the change. The third sequence in the hybrid OD model is the experiential sequence. And in this sequence, the work is to experiment our way forward, to initiate a learn-by-doing model. Experiential work comes after first having established a shared understanding of the issue, challenge, or opportunity, and a shared intention of how best to address or solve for the issue, challenge, or opportunity. Now, as this sequence is about experimentation, the mantra we adopt is fail often, fail fast. As an OD practitioner, this will be one of the biggest hurdles for you to address with leadership, 
as failing is not an outcome consistent with most leaders' expectations or lexicon. A key element of the experiential sequence is learning in the flow of work, whereby we identify practice fields of opportunity for system actors to role model the new. In effect, we act our way into the change we want to see. So together then, all three movements represent an end-to-end -end innovation sequence, from harvesting difference to role modeling the new. To summarize then, initially when solving for a complex adaptive challenge, we perform diagnostic tasks to both understand the as-is, but also to harvest difference, different perspectives, stories, and narratives of system actors of what the underlying issues are and how best to solve them. Then we engage in dialogic work to leverage difference, to create a shared understanding, shared intentions, and aligned actions among system actors, all the while deepening, restoring, and or creating new collegial relationships. Last, we experiment our way forward, leveraging the connections, engagement, and commitments of system actors that have been earned through the dialogic-based trust-building and relying on a follow-the-energy spirit to begin role-modeling the new. It is worth noting that the end-to-end -end innovation sequence can iterate potentially multiple times through the diagnostic, dialogic, and experiential cycle, depending on the nature and scope of the challenge to solve. Last, hybrid OD manifests in the form of an improvement framework, the Perl framework, which is embedded within and used throughout all sequences of the hybrid OD model. Perl is an acronym that represents the inner flywheel of change within the hybrid OD model. It serves as the operating core or engine to bring about transformative change. Specifically, Perl is the framework we use to coordinate and execute work across the three sequences that comprise the hybrid OD model. In the plan phase, we establish a new target condition of what we want to achieve, and then loosely plan the work. In the experiment phase, we conduct micro-experiments as a way to move forward in a desired direction of travel. In the assess phase, we assess what happened versus what we expected to happen. In the reflect phase, we reflect on the experimental outcomes, asking why-based questions. And finally, in the learn phase, we summarize our course corrections, documenting what we will do differently next time. So let's understand more about each phase, beginning with the plan. In the plan phase, the primary task is to specify the next target condition you intend to reach or aspire to by the end of the Perl cycle. So for example, what do we want to accomplish in the next two weeks? And when defining the target condition, we're also interested in identifying the known or potential obstacles to achieve the target condition. Then we narrow our, our experimental focus by choosing certain obstacles to address first. Last, we design micro-experiments to transport us from where we are, our current condition, to where we want to be, the target condition. In the experiment phase, we initiate or conduct experiments that were first identified during the plan phase. And prior to initiating an experiment, and for however many experiments we initiate, we complete an experimental record sheet, which clarifies the intention and objectives, aka our learning goals, of each experiment. Last, we conduct such experiments with our learning goals in mind, all the while recording our findings in a reflective learning journal. 
Conducting experiments shifts or extends our threshold of knowledge. It is equivalent to shining a flashlight and seeing only 20 feet ahead of oneself, but with each step or experiment taken, the flashlight eliminates new, previously undiscovered ground. In the assess phase, we evaluate what happened relative to what we expected would happen. Key questions to ask during this phase are what worked well and not so well with the experiments? How big is the gap between expectations and actual? What are the reasons for the gaps? Was our target condition too aggressive or ambitious? Did we not properly design the experiment to control certain factors while observing others? And lastly, did we not understand the obstacles before us? In the reflect phase, we reflect on the results of our experiments, asking why the experiment resulted as it did. The reflect phase is a vital, often overlooked and underappreciated task, but necessary to ensure real learning occurs. We look to wring as much reflective value as possible from each turn of the Pearl improvement cycle. And the reason we do this is that rarely do experiments produce results exactly as intended. So in this phase, we practice continuous curiosity by asking several why questions regarding our experimental hypotheses, experimental design, our assumptions regarding cause and effect, our measurement approach and operational definitions, and systemic factors and the relative impact of each. Last, in the learn phase, we summarize the totality of Pearl learnings, which can manifest in the following ways. Process learnings, which are course corrections to make to overall approach, design, and management in solving for a complex adaptive challenge. Technical learnings, which are course corrections with either the mix of tools and techniques utilized and or how to use them more effectively. And finally, behavioral learnings which are course corrections resultant from transformed mental models, assumptions, and or beliefs that are based on experimental results and obtaining new insights. And when the Pearl framework is overlaid onto the hybrid OD model, we see the symbiotic relationship that exists in Pearl's integrative role as the inner flywheel of both macro and micro change. Finally, it is worth repeating that Pearl has a fractal nature about it such that it not only operates at different scales, but also iterates continuously throughout each sequence of the hybrid OD model. Again, depending on the nature and scope of the complex adaptive challenge you're looking to solve. Now, when thinking in terms of transformative change in trying to solve for a complex adaptive challenge, what I can tell you is that the secret in doing that is in the sequence. First, we think in terms of the macro movements that need to occur, from creating a shared understanding of the issues and perhaps how best to solve them, to then creating a shared intention, a common goal amongst all system actors, which then naturally leads to aligned actions as we individually and collectively prototype and bring forth the new, and all along the way, transforming relations among system actors. Then we initiate sequence number two, which involves diagnostic work, dialogic work, and experiential work. Such work reflects a letting come and a letting go. These types of movements occur at more of a meso level, 
And finally, we engage in a micro-level sequence, where in the diagnostic sequence, we're conducting dialogue interviews, focus groups, doing data and document harvesting, conducting surveys or assessments, engaging in pattern spotting, engaging the edges of the business, and performing leadership training, and leveraging the Pearl framework as we do that. In the dialogic sequence, we transition to designing and facilitating dialogic-based events, events that are representative of different forms of connecting and different patterns of connecting, such as diverge patterns, emerge patterns, and converge patterns. We intentionally create the conditions for change to occur. We focus on container building, team effectiveness, education, and coaching and leveraging a follow-the-energy approach to identify strategic options to pursue. And in the dialogic sequence, as with the diagnostic sequence, we also leverage the Pearl framework as the engine of change. And lastly, in the experiential sequence, we're experimenting our way forward, leveraging the agile and iterative method for value delivery. We learn in the flow of work by identifying practice fields of opportunity for system actors to begin role modeling the new. And we capture our learnings in a reflective learning journal. The Pearl framework is also leveraged in the experiential sequence as the flywheel of change. So each of these sequences, the macro sequence, the meso sequence, and the micro sequence together represents the hybrid OD model. It's a model that was designed to bring about transformative change. And as I mentioned, the secret in solving complex adaptive challenges is in the sequence of our work. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you found the content in this episode helpful. Please share your comments below. And if you liked this video, hit the subscribe button and click the bell to get notified of all future weekly episodes. Also, don't forget to get your free resource. If you're watching on YouTube, click the link below in the description or visit henosispartners.com slash hybridod. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.